ยินดีต้อนรับสู่สะพานพันธกิจของพระเจ้า Welcome to Bridges for Mission. Bienvenue au pont pour la mission. Bienvenidos y bienvenidas a Puentes de las Misiones. Welcome, everyone. Bienvenue. I'm Reverend Sandra Dorsonville, co-creator of Bridges for Mission, and I'm here with Minister Nicole Cox. And we invite you this season to define, understand in greater depth what partnership is all about. International Ministries is celebrating 208 years of existence, and we invite to listen to conversations we have with staff, global servants, volunteers, other sending agencies, as we all review the role of Christian partnership. What does it mean to be partners with International Ministries? Let us understand how partnerships might have changed over time, while we remain true to our mystiology of going. Where we have been asked to come, going with open hearts and open hands, we are excited to have other voices facilitate the conversations with us in this season eight of B4M. Again, welcome, and let us continue to partner in kingdom building. We continue our conversation with our friends from IM as they talk about the issues and how they have transpired. Uh, trans. How they have managed to get through the whole pandemic situation and and use that as a vehicle to enhance their ministry. We have with us Deb Savage and Patty Contreras. Both are working on the desks of uh, Africa, Ibero America, and parts of Asia and Japan. So uh, we're welcome, ladies, and we're glad to have you with us. We want to start our conversation today with just talking about how you start a conversation with your prospective partners. Can you give us some information about that? Sure. Um, I, I've noticed that usually, if you find another organization with which you have a common passion for mission uh, around a country or a region or a ministry priority, that's often a place where. Conversations about new partnerships will form. Um, sometimes they form out of existing relationships, like a church or a region will be in ministry somewhere, and they'll call us and talk to us about it. Those are the things I've observed. In my case, I start working with AM when the pandemic start, and I just follow the um, the staff that my uh, area directors do, and I help them to continue with the. Uh, Uh, check on the possible partners and be doing all the paperwork and all the stuff that my area directors need. So, how do you collaborate in maintaining cross-cultural partnerships? Okay, um, as a, a Spanish speaker, as a first language, for me, it's easy to handle that kind of situations with Ibero-American, the Caribbean, then is one of my areas. Um, And speaking in Spanish with them, make them to be more comfortable and speak and be more open to the to the staff than they really need. And um, as my other area is speaking in English, and they know that my first language is Spanish, they make more 
comfortable to speak in the way then we don't gonna misunderstand because they are in speaking from another language as no English as English sorry English as a first language like me and that helps us to communicate very well and understand one another the different cultures and the different ways and what topics we can uh, explore and what topics we cannot explore. I think for me, it it really, well, I am a French, I speak French also, and we have probably 20 partners in Africa that do speak French. And language and culture almost intertwine in a way you can't dismantle it. So that, that really helps a lot, I think, with those particular partners to have mutual understanding. Uh, but it's just an awareness of sensitivity that when you're emailing people, it's not texting informally like you would as an American. Um, titles are important in many areas. Formality is important. In French, I use the vous, the vous, the formal you verb uh, subject when I address people as you until they start using a less formal way with me. Um, so I just try to follow their lead, always use their titles if necessary. And we just do a lot of communication back and forth. The area director travels. I don't, but both of mine debrief with me a lot and tell me of any issues that I may need to be aware of culturally or politically or economically. Because sometimes there's things that are confidential that you can't share over email. That's great. Hey, what are some of the inventive ways or creative ways you've seen partners connect with each other? I'm sure they don't just it's not just a two-way street between I am and the partners, but partners also connect. Uh, they know that we are here for help them. And yo les digo, estoy aquí para ayudar. Um, and we try to make people to connect. Like we already know that one of our partners can help with the other. We introduce each other and we still be the kind of, the manager of the point, but they are in communications through the emails and through calls. And as I mentioned before, when you speak the same language, they make feel more comfortable, uh, in my case, in Spanish. And we just are here to help them and guide them in the best way that we can. It's neat to see how the Holy Spirit moves. Um, sometimes in countries, someone wants to, one of our partners wants to do an economic development project and another partner's already done it. We put them in touch to, to learn from each other. Um, recently, we did an inventive partnership with, um, I am involved, but it was around Myanmar and a State Department grant for freedom of religion and belief in, in Burma. Um, so we worked with four different partners, one in Burma, who actually was led the way uh, because they have done grants before and they, they knew more than we did about how to word things and how to present things. Um, and so all five of us combined uh, in a partnership in a memo of understanding to launch this grant. And I think whether or not we get the grant awarded isn't the point. The point is we all unified around a common purpose and a common goal. Um, with Christ at the center. I want to thank you ladies for sharing with us today as we see the many ways that I am partners with our partners in the rest of the world. It's not just our global service, but many organizations out there are a significant part of God's work and God's mission around the world. So thank you for being with us today. 
We welcome Dr. Alia Haboud, who is the Chief Development Officer for LSESD. If you haven't heard of LSESD, that is the Lebanese Society for Educational and Social Development, operating obviously in Lebanon uh, in the midst of the crisis there and doing a tremendous job. It's a pleasure for us to be partners with you as International Ministries, Alia, and as a longtime partner of International Ministries, what has been most helpful in sustaining this partnership? Well, thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure being with you. Uh, our partnership, as you said, has been going on for a long time. I would say it's about the relationship um, and the level of engagement. So uh, we each acknowledge knowledge that we each have something to offer and so we come together and we build on each other's uh, areas of strength with the kingdom of God in mind. When I talk about the relationship, I also mean that we carry each other's burdens to heart, we pray for each other. One of the amazing um, support that we get uh, from IM, from International Ministries is your prayer support and this has been amazing. I mean, Sandra herself has been an amazing prayer warrior for us. So we really appreciate this multi-track partnership that is very much an engagement and a relationship at all levels. LSESD has received many volunteers over the years. Can you speak to their impact on the various ministries that you have? Uh, yes, we've been blessed uh, over the years by quite a range of uh, volunteers from short-term to long-term that have really uh, been people who have been called by God to join hands with LSST as we focus on strengthening the witness of the church in Lebanon and the region. And those range from teachers at the Beirut Baptist School to professors and librarians at the seminary to relief and development workers others involved in partner relations, and the list goes on. And also some short-term um, volunteers who have been involved in um, three to five-day camps for children. The Baby Baptist School students, still graduates, um, have graduated from Baby Baptist School several years back, still talk today about the impact of this volunteer or the other, this missionary and this worker in their life. And uh, the way they have actually impacted their uh, lives um, to Christ. So uh, it simply applies to our children and youth ministry. Um, in our camps, we have um, volunteers who come from uh, join hands with our local volunteers. And we have seen how uh, our children who are going through really difficult times open up to visiting volunteers. Um, they feel more comfortable opening up to them because they come from a different uh, uh, context, but they also feel uh, the love in that um, those are people who have crossed uh, miles and oceans to come and just be there for them. This, this is very mean, meaningful for the children. Um, people who have also come uh, with different kinds of skills and who have uh, invested uh, their qualifications both their hearts and their minds in helping us do that which has God called us um, in a better way. And so we really appreciate, I can't mention names because the list is so long. I can also, I think, as I respond to you, many faces and names come to mind. I'm thinking of the many ways they have not just impacted the people they served with, but also um, they made a difference in the way we do things. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, yes, it, very, it does very much. And it leads us into our next question. The past three years have been challenging. And for our listeners who are not aware, obviously everybody knows about the pandemic, but many people may not know about the dysfunction of the government in Lebanon. They may not know about the explosion that devastated part of the city. And in the midst of all of this, LSESD has been a light serving the community there. Our question is, how has the presence of short-term volunteers added to or been a distraction from your ministry during this time? Good question. Um, as you said, we've been struggling with compounded crises, and so we have all hands on deck. Um, and so the reality is that our preference has very much been with long-term um, workers, because during these times of crisis, um, we cannot afford to actually uh, uh, designate members of our team to work alongside people who don't know the language and don't know the context. So this is why it's been our preference during this period of time to work more with long-term um, volunteers who've, who uh, know the language and who are able to function on their own without having a member of our team walk alongside them because of the many, um, many challenges we're facing. I mean, today, as LSST, we are uh, continuing to operate with and follow up on our ongoing programs, be they um, leadership development or resource development or relief and development, uh, relief and community development, also education, especially education, but also in parallel, we're having to address new and emergent um, uh, needs. So this is over and above our ongoing programs. And still, a third track is having to address uh, ministry sustainability issues, like the salaries of our team, like uh, having to install systems. So we're working on multi-track because of the crisis we're going through. So we really do not have the time to um, designate uh, or to allocate a part of the time of our members um, to work with people who have all the heart to work with us but do not ma cannot manage without um, the language. So in under normal conditions, so we really appreciated very much having short-term missionaries for three to five um, uh, days who would come and walk alongside our children doing camps for children. But um, well, maybe I should define by our short-term missionaries normally, for LSSE, the short-term, really appreciated short-term will be two years. Um, and so we need that kind. At this stage, uh, we need uh, two to five years um, and uh, learn the language and be able to function on their own. But uh, people who come for short periods of time at this very time in our history and with all that's going on, um, as you said, those can be a bit of a distraction. Um, although I'm, I'm, I feel bad saying this because I know that hard people come here because they want to serve. It's just that with all hands on deck, it can be a bit distracting for our team members. Well, it's, it's great to hear from you again, Alia. And uh, we are praying for you as you continue to struggle through that crisis there and the work that you're doing. And we thank you very much for taking the time and being a part of this pod podcast. Thank you so much for having us and thank you for your partnership. It means a lot to us to know that um, we are part of a global body of Christ that carries Lebanon and our ministries and our people to heart. Thank you and may God bless you richly. If you would like to contact the Short-Term Mission Desk at International Ministries, 
please send an email to volunteers at internationalministries.org.